All right, the Colorado Avalanche did their best, but what are you really going to expect from a team with as many injuries as they have? Their first game without Nathan McKinnon and everybody else that is at a lineup right now, and you got to put them up against one of the top teams in the league in the Boston Bruins for the second time in just a few days, and it was kind of a carbon copy of what happened in Boston. You held firm for a little bit, but... Boston just turned on the juice, and they're going to take this one. There is some good to pull out of this game, however, and we will discuss that right now on another episode of Locked On Avalanche coming at you right now. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of the Locked On Avalanche podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow us on our social media outlets, LOP and underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram, questions, comments, concerns, and opinions, Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us over on our YouTube channel, over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. All right, sir, you have, I mean, I don't know what people really expected from this one. I think maybe what they did expect is kind of what you got. I mean, the avalanche hung around for a little while, but I don't think anybody after that first period when it was zero, zero was thinking, Oh, maybe there's a a outside shot. Maybe, you know, if Boston just completely implodes um, and that didn't happen. So the avalanche lose it four to nothing. They gave it a, a the old college try. I mean, you you had so th- these lines were just, whew, uh, just you know, you almost like just throwing darts, and we're just like, all right, we'll make these lines for tonight. But they they put up a fight, they put up an effort. You know, they just didn't roll over and die. And for that, I I will continue to give them credit. But at least I, I think it just. You know, maybe there's some Avalanche fans out there thinking like, oh, this is going to be a nightmare of a month. Um, I'm not going that far because this this team, this roster that we have right now, game one with no, you know, Nathan McKinnon, uh, you go up against Boston. Mm-hmm. And and that's, you know, it's just like, hey, you get, you get thrown to the wolves in a way that's good. Uh, but for, for you know, uh, a, a desired outcome, it's not good. In the first period and a half, I would say midway through the second period, you liked what you saw out of the dartboard roster. Um, you enjoyed seeing like Houdon look good, Hunt yeah. look good. Like you were like, okay. And then at the end of one, it was zero zero. And then you get this weird, sick feeling in your mind. Is there any way the Avalanche could pull this off? And <laughs> We mentioned it in the last episode. The way the Avalanche are losing are it's it's the same manner that the Avalanche beat teams last year. You could put up your best, but you run out of gas in that second period, and the Avalanche will just unload on you. That's what happened against Boston. The Avs were playing a really good first period. I was really pleased. Like some of the penalties, yeah, I get it. Let's not start on the Sam Gerard stuff, but you liked what you saw that first period going into the second. And I feel like going forward, this is something 
the Avs can build on and maybe steal a couple games. But like you said, this is Boston, one of the best teams in the league. And it's hard for a team that's trying to figure things out to figure it out against the best right. team in the league. Right, right. So uh, you got to be just picture perfect. So yeah. to re- you have to be perfect and you have to hope that Boston just makes some uncharacteristic mistakes. Um, well, and I shouldn't say that because every team is going to make mistakes in the game of hockey. There's some mistakes that happen, all these little mistakes that happen all the time. You just needed to exploit those, and it's tough to do that. And and Boston showed you, you know, they exploit the avalanche mistakes. You know, yeah. it's just they're just teams on two different sides right now because of their rosters, right? Um, I wasn't there when how you said, you know, after the first period, you're like eh, maybe there's there's something like I felt good. I felt okay, yeah. this is this is <clears throat> promising. You didn't want to get blown out in the first period. You know what I mean? You didn't want yeah. the final score four to nothing to be what it was at the end of the first period. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, you felt good. Like, okay, we're hanging with this team. We're getting some good looks. We're getting some good shots. Um, but you could just see that again, like the avalanche are going to score, struggle to score, um, you know, against a team like Boston, maybe you have a goalie who's just playing out of his mind right now who nobody really expected him to do that um and and you're you know when you play we talked about this the other day when you play those like lower level teams you'll probably get a couple of those goals when even the mid-level teams you might get a couple of those goals you were hoping to get one against boston and you're hoping to get one as early as possible maybe even get that first goal to just have something to build on and then when uh, Hunt got got into that that little tilt that he got into, um, he knocked. I think it was Bergeron down. He knocked him yeah. down, and then got into the fight. Um, that was like, all right. I mean, if that's what's not that they were playing like at a low energy level, but stuff like that just like picks picks yeah. teams up. I was like, man, if they can get a goal after that, then yeah. then we're buzzing and things can happen. You never know. But it it it's just they don't have the experience right now, and it showed in in just massive amounts. And but but even even having said that, like I I just loved the the energy that they were bringing. You know, you had these young guys, and they're this is their shot, so they are going to skate hard. You saw Ben Myers was skating really hard. I thought Coyle was skating extremely well. Yeah. He had a couple good luck. He had a really nice pass to Miko Ranton, and that was right in front of the goal. But I, I, I'm not like upset like about this loss for all the reasons that we're saying right now. It, it's not one where I'm um, like after an Avalanche loss, where you just have that like gut feeling like, man, I hate when the Avalanche lose. Um, I, I don't have that right now. I'm still just kind of in disbelief of all these injuries that we have, and this is the roster that we have to put out there. And, you know, honestly, with these building blocks in place and we have the Rangers coming up on Friday, and you, you think about it. We, we talked about this at the beginning of the month. There's not a lot of central division foes. And you look at this roster and the effort that they put out, you feel like they could do really good against a central division foe because mm-hmm. you're, you're shooting on Olmark. He's the best goalie in the league. And it's especially with these young guys, 
if you start the scoring and get good shots, you start believing in yourself and have a little bit of confidence. It's hard to build confidence on Olmark. He's going to, I mean, this is what he's done all year. He's only lost two games. Mm. So he's going to steal your confidence away, but you loved what you saw. Like there were a lot of, and you know what? I'll I'll say this now because I don't say it enough and I'll treasure this moment. JT Confer looks good. He looks motivated. He looks like he's, he, he's right there. New hooks winning faceoffs like that. So mm-hmm. like you, you like what you see, of course. I mean, it's a goose egg on the scoreboard. So then you, you turn it back around. And, Where are you, Mika? Where are you, Kale? But yeah. you like the production. It's not like they went out there and anticipated this game was a loss. As soon as they walked out of the tunnel, they yeah. tried. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, well, let, let's hear from Ben online. There's still some uh, things I want to get to about this game, clearly, and we do have a sound check to get to as well. <clears throat> but first, we're going to hear from Bet Online, betonline.net. You know it. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports and obviously our hockey. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, and who does not, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That is betonline.net, where the game starts. Bet the over on the Sabres. (laughs) Well, it's a little late for that right now. I think it's a solid bet in the future, too. <laughs> it could be, yeah. Um, so, I, I, you know, you, the big thing that everybody's talking about right now with the Avalanche is, is just all of these prospects that they have playing for mm-hmm. them. Um, the one thing that I always have <clears throat> never forgotten is when Patrick Waugh left and the Avalanche were looking for their new head coach, which obviously is Jared Bednar. Um, Joe Sackick, in, in his search... Uh, I, it was like the first press conference after Patrick Wall left, and they kind of asked him, like, you know, what kind of uh, coach you're looking for? Someone that uh, has a lot of uh, tenure in the league, is coached a lot, or somebody like brand new. And he didn't commit to anything because I don't even know if they had Bednar on the. I'm sure they had Bednar on the radar, but they hadn't interviewed anybody yet. Yeah. And he said, um, "I want somebody that is a teacher," and I will never forget him saying that. And if there's ever a time that Jared Bednar needs to be a teacher, yeah. it it's right now. And I think like I think that's what he's good at doing. You know, he's good at all the X's and O's and uh, coaching all the ego on on a professional team, especially this one. But you never lose that. So you have to be able to connect with players, not only your your superstars and the guys you know who who but butts in the seats. But guys like who he's got on the roster right now, and he said it in the pregame. He's like, "I'm only worried about the guys that that that's the coach speak. That that's you know the the answer that they'll give." But I fully believe that he believes that he's not just saying it to say it. He knows he's gonna for uh, the next month. You get guys coming back here and there within the next month. Um, he's gonna need to be go back to those like roots of. Yeah kind of you know like minor league hockey coaching and coach <clears throat> the youth on a professional level it's going to be a challenge but this is he's up for it and you can hear that message already starting to spread around the locker room if you watch uh 
I thought his name was Cal until the game tonight, but Callahan, yeah, coolest, yeah, right? Callahan Burke. Yeah. When you heard him talking about making his way up to the Avs roster and then the messaging being, "Don't worry about your weaknesses, focus on your strengths." Hmm. That that's that's a very that's I can see that being a very teachable. Like whoever's coming through the door, coming from Loveland, you just say, "Hey, I know this is this is overwhelming. This is the NHL defending Stanley Cup champion." Don't worry about your weaknesses and why we sent you down to Loveland, Martin Kelt. Um, right. Like, focus on your strengths. And you saw that. You saw a lot of players focusing on their strengths and how we're building this December roster. I feel like once you, you see this performance against Boston, there were a lot of standout guys. Um, you could comprise some lines and some synergies playing off each other. And I feel like Bednar is in a really good place where he could do that because that's where he cut his teeth as a coach mm. was in the minors and making teams work. Um, so I feel like it's one of those that we lucked into this position because Bednar can coach an NHL team, but he knows the mentality of a minor league team and how to blend the two worlds really well. Yeah. So uh, it could be one of those things where, you know, as the, the month goes on, you start to see the improvement. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's going to be for a number of things. One, you're just playing more games. You're getting more ice time at the NHL level. Um, you have a coach that is coaching. You, that, yep. that he's coaching the, these young guys, and a lot of them have played together. <laughs> this is yep. everybody's you know on social media making the jokes that this is you know the technically the Colorado Eagles. Okay, well then then they, then they should have no like growing pains. You should. Yep. I mean, the growing pains will be the opposition. And playing NHL, <laughs> the <talent>. Boston Bruins, <laughs> the Boston Bruins, right? Um, it should the growing pain shouldn't be with each other. Yeah, yeah, you'll have that. You know, when you're playing with Miko Rantanen, I mean, God, what, what, what was that top line? It, it was, uh, I think it was uh, Rantanen, it, um, Cogliano. It was Cogliano and uh, was it LOC. Let me. Oh, oh. no, nah, you can look. It doesn't matter. But you know, it wasn't LOC. It, it was another uh, somebody. I think it was Hudon. I'm almost positive it was him to start. Yep, the it, game. Was. it was. It yeah. was. Uh, it was New Hook, Miko, Hudon, and then New line two yeah. was JT Cogs and O'Connor. Yeah. So uh, that that's yeah. well, that second line played together for a little while. But anyway, like y- you get the point that I'm trying to make here. It's yeah. like you you have guys that have, that have played together. So um, <clears throat> I think as the month goes on, you'll see improvements here and there, and then you know. Manson will come back, Lekkanen will come back, uh, Landis will come back, and all those guys will go back, go back down to level. <laughs> so. Yeah, some. I, I, we mentioned Hudon. Mm. I do like I ever since I ever since he's been up, I've absolutely loved his play. Mm. Yeah, like it's Myers looks like a seasoned vet. Like he looks like he's very comfortable I like, with I just that. Like Myers, yeah, yeah, he looks very comfortable in this Avalanche system. Um, I like Hudon. I, I like to see a little bit more out of Foodie. Like he, he's kind of a Count is completely yeah. invisible again. That's been a problem. Not even didn't even register a shot tonight. So mm-hmm. that he's going to be on the first train to Loveland when everybody starts getting healthy. But it's going to be harder for guys like Hudon, Myers. Burke looked good. He did. He really did. So <laughs> he, he had some speed. 
like I said, he had a nice pass to uh, Rantanen right in front of the goal. Rantanen just couldn't keep it on a stick long enough. But a lot of that was uh, defensive collapsing yep. from the Bruins. Um, yeah, but it's a good point. Like, you know, we're talking about you might see improvements throughout the month. Who's going to improve enough to keep their spot? Yeah. When all these Avalanche guys start coming back, if there's a spot available, who who, who could it be? So that's the stuff that they're kind of looking for right now. Yeah, you want to win games, clearly. Yeah. Um, but as it goes along, who is is playing themselves into staying with the club? And when all these guys are going back down, they're not one of the ones that go down. So we'll see that. Oh, when yeah. everybody comes back, you're solidifying the fourth line at this point with all those that sold out for this period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Myers. I, I, I do. I like his game he's kind of like a smooth operator out there um he had that one turnover that i'm sure he's gonna get ripped for but yeah i mean stuff like that happened you just didn't want to see it where it happened it was right on the blue line and it just you know that's what boston's gonna do that's we're saying they, they are going to take your mistakes and make you pay for them um i i don't think it was the best of passes and i think it did come from sam gerrard it kind of got a little bit into his skates. Like it, sh- he should have. It should have been a little bit better pass, led him a little bit more. Uh, but he should have still, you know, collected the puck, and he didn't. And it was a turnover, and then that was another Boston goal. So, you know, that's part of this growing pains thing that we're going through. If you cross your eyes, Ben Myers reminds me of Matt Calvert at times. You think he's as physical as as Calvert? He's he's got that touch of physical, but can make that extra move and that lateral move to create separation. And it was like one or two moves, and like Matty Ice would he'd get that breakaway or the shorty. Yeah. Um, the thing that stands out for me with Ben Myers, seventy-two percent on his faceoffs, and it's not like he took four of them yeah and and win one three which i would be 75 percent. but he took uh i think it was like 18 of them and and i think it was he won 14 i don't know if that percentage is, is right but yeah i think he had 14 he had 14 face-off wins um and only three or four losses that'll get you a spot so, on the club yeah um you like to see that uh Burke Cal Burke had 40%, uh Miko with 54%. So they were a little bit actually they they won the faceoff percentage 53% to 47%. I mean, things are turning around for the Avalanche. Here we go. Oh man, if we can get the uh the faceoffs going, who knows what the possibilities are. Yeah. Um you had 23 shots on goal. Okay, uh a lot of that was in the first, I think they were. Let's see what we got by the period. Yeah, you had 11 in the first, it went down each period. 11 in the first, seven in the second, and five, only five in the third. So, you know, when you're down and you want, you, you want to be throwing a ton of pucks on net, they just, they weren't doing that. I, yeah. And they was, just ran out of juice, just ran out of gas. And there was so many times that Avalanche team was pushing so hard to get that goal because it was 2 nothing for a while. And you wanted to get at least one, split the difference, work your way back. And once that third one went in, you could feel like the air going out of the balloon. And it's mm. just... Yeah, you're right. If you could kept it one nothing, 2 nothing at the most, 
Um, you get that one freakish or fluky goal. Doesn't matter how it goes in. Two to one. Okay, let's just keep pressing. Yep. You're out. You're on home ice. Maybe the crowd is into it. Although there was a ton of yellow in the crowd last night. Which yeah, ball. What's going uh, on here? Well, it's Boston. Boston fans travel. <laughs> um, so, but any, anything could have been possible, and you know, you just didn't get to that point. So. Yep. All right. Having said all that, we will get to our sound check for the day. And uh, we pick a song after every game that we feel best summarizes the action on the ice. You can go follow this playlist over on Spotify. Just search LOA sound check. This is volume number two. Volume number one is uh, obviously still available if you want to follow that one as well. Uh, but new season, new volume. Go follow it on Spotify. What do you got for this one, sir? I'm going to read you a passage. Okay. Bodies fill the fill the fields I see. Hungry heroes end. No one to play soldier now. No one to pretend. Running blind through killing fields. Red to kill them all. Disposable heroes. Metallica. I was going to say, it's got to be a Metallica song. Oh, yeah. I just, I just hear, I hear James Hatfield uh, in my I, head. It was so hard to read that and not sing that. But... um. And no, go, it's ah, at the end of every line. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's honestly like the the heroes we built this team on are not here. It's just next man up, back to the front. Mm. Um, you gotta. It's you have to get with it, and you feel their absence, but somebody's got to step up. It's next man up mentality. This mm. is just how it is. And where I'm going is kind of in the same realm, and then we'll talk about that. Um, for me, it, it's, it's it's a song that was actually written by David Bowie. And he wrote it for another group who apparently was like on the verge of breaking up. And he liked the band. And he didn't want them to break up. <clears throat> so he, he wrote them a song. Uh, initially, he wrote them Suffragette City. And they didn't want it. They were like, no, that's not really us. Maybe this band should have broke up. So, <laughs> so instead of him just saying like, well, screw you guys, uh, he went and recorded Suffragette City on his own. And he wrote another song for them. And that band is Mott the Hoople. And the song is All the Young Dudes. If uh, you know, you know the song when, when you heard it. Yeah. Okay. It's a great old like you know seventies. You you you'll know the song when you when the chorus kicks in. You're like, oh yeah, I remember this song. Okay, uh, and that's what we got right now. We have nothing but young dudes on yep. on this roster. So uh, well, and first of all, like I said, go follow that that playlist and kind of continuing on what kind of we both are, are picking here. What do you? How do you feel? You know, like you had to play the Bruins. Yeah. Not ideal for the situation the Avalanche are in. But watching how they performed against them, hanging tight for a little bit, you know, and then Boston, you know, kicks it into high gear. Next game is against the Rangers. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk to them about them a little bit more tomorrow. Um, but I don't know about you. Like, I, I'm kind of encouraged. Like, if you can yep. continue that play, you got a, a game under your belt. And and this this is like you know uh, the movie Major League, <laughs> like when the the thrown together Cleveland Indians and they go up against the Yankees. Yeah, and and the Yankees just and then at the end of the year they stick it to the Yankees. So it's yeah. it's almost like you, you you get thrown to the Yankees in your first game. All right, 
you lost it, but man, is that a learning experience. I don't know about you, but I, I do. I, I, going into this game against the Rangers, who are not playing like they were last year, I feel better. I don't, I'm not going into yep. this like like normal a normal Avalanche team of the past few years. You're like, I, I feel so confident we can win this game, but I feel confident that they can compete. I don't know if they're going to win the game, but I, I I think it could be a a good entertaining game. Yeah, it's it's basically we are living the plot of D1 the Mighty Ducks. A bunch yeah. of young kids yep. barely got their equipment, get trounced by the Hawks, and beat them at the end. The, after that first period, that's exactly what I was thinking. Was I kind of looked ahead because I knew the road's going to get bleak through the rest of this game. I was mm-hmm. like, you know, this team could hold their own against the Rangers. Like, there's no way. But if you look at this game, four nothing on the score sheet. There wasn't any bad plays where you're like, oh my God, if that didn't happen, the Avs could have had a chance. Like, it wasn't, you can't uh, boil it down to a head scratching play. Well, the one that I was talking about with Myers, you don't want to see that happen. I, I thought the way that the Avs were playing in the first, and it was, was 0 0, they were playing very safe, I'll say. Like, they yes. weren't over committing to, they were playing like sound defense. They were just making sure they were not getting beat. You know what I mean? And you just play that way, and, and then you can just collect a puck, do a transition, and if something happens, if, yeah. if a, a Bruin catches a skate wrong and, and flops or something, and they were just doing that, and they were just not letting anything get behind them, uh, having good good transitions, and, and it didn't materialize. And against a team like Boston, you're probably just going to be spinning your wheels doing that. They're not going to give up anything just because they're such a sound team. But that's kind and of what they were doing in the beginning. That's a safe way to approach the game, especially with a bunch of rookies, because if you go out there and you try and have somebody play hero and they get beat, and because every time there was just a little bit of a mess up, Boston two passes would make you pay for it. It's in the sure. back of the net every time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's how all the go back and look at those goals. Every one of them, it was one pass or two passes, and it was right around the like around the blue line, and they'd make you pay for it. Um, so Boston knew that that's how they were playing. They picked up on it and they were just kind of waiting for the first mistake or a bad pass or a bad play, bad positioning. And it's something that we kind of take for granted when the team's completely healthy because Nathan McKinnon, when he fumbles the puck, which he does a lot and Mm -hmm. we kind of forget about it because he'll get on the score sheet, but he'll skate it down, get back ahead. It's, it's one of those things you get forgiven for the abs played the way you're supposed to against boston so you didn't expose yourself but this team also can build on this and have a little bit of confidence for hey you guys look good at that first period what did we do wrong here let's not repeat that they could build on it and they could hold this one pretty close against new york i think they can um the one thing that has got to it's weird by me saying this because they're number one in the league in the power play, but you know it's a whole different ball game now. With yep. who you have that's got to change. It's got to improve. Uh, I'm concerned. You know, when this is all said and done, uh, is that is that number one unit power play unit in the league is that is that going to be in free fall? Because um, it just didn't look good. It, yep. They got they got nothing going yeah. on the play. They just, they just don't have that skill level. 
um, right now. But again, is that something else that could improve as the month goes on? And when you get guys back, hopefully Nachuskin, who is skating, um, he comes back, that's a big upgrade to the power play. Um, and the penalty kill did, did and you, you killed Boston's penalty. They're number two in the league in the, yeah. in the power play. Um, and they went all for three. So that's a, that's a plus obviously, but yeah, yeah. The, the, just those entries for the power play. Yeah. Just look brutal. Just, <laughs> just not as silky smooth as when you, you have that McCarr drop back to, mckinnon or any other way that they want to enter the zone they can do it because those are your top players right now it's just a, a hodgepodge of who wants to go to the power play today yeah. and they just go out so and it's got to get better that's got to get better because you, you need you need those against any team uh you got to have at least some presence on the power play and this is one of those that i would implore avalanche fans if this is a game that's really got you down really really sad i'm pulling it up right now why don't you go tonight, tonight, as when you're listening to this, hmm. free out some time and go watch, go watch the Detroit Red Wings versus Florida Panthers game. It's going to be on ESPN Plus and Hulu tonight. Hmm. Go ahead and watch that. We are so accustomed to watching our Avalanche and the Avalanche now. Go watch another team and what they're going through. Um, go watch Ottawa versus Dallas and see how those two teams are sitting right now. And then Friday against the Rangers, look at this team. We're not as bad off as you think. We're just so used. Our eyes are trained. When we're watching yeah. Avalanche hockey, it's Nathan McKinnon, Miko Ranson, Gabe Landeskog. That's all we know. This core is a little bit of a step down. But go watch these other teams and what they have to struggle through. It's going to put this what you're looking at on the ice in perspective. I know we want to say, well, I'm not watching for until so-and-so comes back, and I'm checking out for a little bit. Sorry, guys, I just can't watch this. Go watch somebody else and then come back, and then we'll have a conversation don't, because it's not that bad. Don't don't say, like, yeah, don't, don't be that guy or girl who's like, oh, I'm checking out. I've seen it four is, times already. Oh, man, you're seeing it left and right. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is, this is for a month. This is for a month. And if all goes well, like, okay, if you're checking out for the month, don't come back in, in March, in no. April, when, when this team is back and healthy and hopefully doing things that we all are accustomed to them doing. So, um and finally, I just I did want to mention Georgiev too because I thought he played well. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you're just you're Boston is going to get good opportunities. Yeah. They're that good of a team, and you know it was going to be a lot to ask him to stop all of those opportunities. And I think for the most part, he did. He kept them around. Um, and it's just how we're saying it's a lot to ask this this young team and and you know all these young guys to hang with Boston it's a lot to ask Georgiev to hey only let in one goal if you let in one goal against the, one of the best teams and offensive teams in the league will be in it uh he did his his darndest but um it, what is true for you know the position players and forwards is is true for Georgiev I think he gave it his his best shot, and I thought he played relatively well. He had some really good saves. Yeah, um, it's just it's just tough to keep the door shut on this Bruins team 
when uh, you don't you don't have the offensive capabilities to wear them down on their defensive end. So, but overall, I thought he played well. If Yorgiev would have allowed one goal, he still would have lost. You, well, you sure, could, you could yeah. only do so much in that position. Like he right. could have played completely perfect, and they'd still be playing right now. Um, <laughs> like it's you can only ask so much out of your goalie. Yeah, he didn't really get beat in a bad way where you're just like, oh, if we didn't let that one go, no, Mm -hmm. we would have lost three, nothing like offense has to score. He can only do so much. And he kept you in for a period and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's, you know, there's signs of encouragement there. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, you know, the, the, the month of December might not all be just a complete disaster. Um, and I, I can't, I want to get to Friday, like so fast. So, we can get like this taste out of our mouths of all these young guys going up against one of the best teams in the league. It's just the way it is, and it's the they hand your dealt, and uh, we're done I with them. For, no more. Yeah, yeah, you are. Well, until the playoffs when everybody there, there comes back. <laughs> so, so um, all right, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll discuss the Rangers and maybe some injury updates. Who knows if we have those? But uh, anything's going on in Avalanche Land, we will be talking about it tomorrow. So definitely check in for that. But for now, thank you for making this show your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Make sure to follow us on all our social media outlets. And until tomorrow, he is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Selly. This is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go. Go.